Ladies and gentlemen, we are currently holding for further traffic clearance. Check out Kristen's new website, MagicalJourneysVacations.com for all your vacation needs. Disney, Universal, Cruise Lines, and more. Thank you for traveling with us. MagicalJourneysVacations.com Have her book your magical vacation today. Listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. The Dining at Disney Podcast. The Dining at Disney Podcast. You know the thing about good food? It brings folks together from all walks of life. Your ultimate source for the wonderful world of dining at the Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resort. If you are what you eat, then I only want to eat the good stuff. Kristen and Bubba are your guides on this culinary adventure. People are going to line up for miles around just to get a taste of my food. Join them as they discuss the latest food news, expert tips, recommendations, and trip planning advice as it relates to Disney dining. Try the gray stuff. It's delicious. Don't believe me? Ask the dishes. From quick service to fine dining, you'll discover all the best restaurants and food as you hungrily explore the Disney parks. Let's do this thing! The Dining at Disney podcast. And now your hosts, Kristen and Bubba. Welcome to another episode of the Dining at Disney podcast, your ultimate source for delicious discussion about everything dining that is Disney. So Disneyland, Disney World, Disney Cruise Line, we cover it all. I am your host, Kristen. Uh, I don't know. uh, uh, Other than a Disney foodie, a travel expert, I guess that's what you would say about me, right? Yes. Travel expert. You are a Disney Disney travel expert. And you, Bubba, my co-host, are a former cast member. And let's see. You've done pretty much every job you could do in a restaurant. Yeah. Restaurant guru. Yeah. Based from janitor all the way to manager. You could say that. Former Disney cast member. Maybe future. You know really how all of this really works behind the scene. Yes. Which is I know everything from the inside out. Especially working there. So kind of know the little secrets that Disney does to make everything so magical. Well, (laughs) speaking of magical, today's magical food discussion is going to be about Disney California Adventure Food and wine festival that's our big topic for today we also got a few walt disney world news stories as well but before we get into that we just want to thank you for downloading the show on itunes streaming this on stitcher or watching the webcast via youtube be sure to like subscribe and don't forget to tell your friends about it if you're looking for ways to support the show and help us out you can easily do that by shopping our affiliate links we've got the disney store garden grocery jelly belly costs you nothing you just go there buy what you want to buy that you were already planning to buy um, and then we just get a, a little kickback from those companies and you can also pick up the newly released Epcot Dining Guide it has been updated um, so we've got that and um, let's see let's go ahead and jump into our appetizer so we've got our news for today and for that news I'm going to start off talking about the writer stop and I believe this was like announced right after we had done our show that week, like the next day or something yeah. like that. But um, Disney World originally had set to close the writer stop, and that's located in Hollywood Studios, right next to the ABC commissary, uh, adjacent to Streets of America, which now no longer is Streets of America, since it's going to all get demolished. But they have decided to keep the writer stop open and have done a couple different things to this. Um, 
the it's going to be open from 1130 to one hour before sci-fi dining theater closes. It is going to be a quick service stop just like it was before, but it's going to serve appetizers, beer, wine, and non-alcoholic uh, refreshments. Some of the menu items that you'll be able to enjoy are going to be warm pretzel served with the spicy mustard and cheese sauce, spice nuts, charcuterie, and cheese platter. If you need coffee, they're still going to have that available. That That's not going anywhere. But uh, we think what he's trying to do is use this as a way to get people to grab a little bite of something to eat, have a little drink while they're waiting for their um, advanced dining reservation over at Sci-Fi Dining. It kind of gives them a, a little something prior to going in and having their meal there. Yeah. Um, as far as we know, it's just temporary. Um, don't know what's going to, how long this is going to last, when it's going to go away. We will, of course, keep posted on that. Um, one thing they are doing is adding a new line of kitchen items and accessories you can buy. There. So it's going to be similar to what it's been before, just with a few little changes. But and then over at Disney's Animal Kingdom, this past week, we ended up getting more uh, news on Tiffin's, which has yet to open. It's going to be a signature dining restaurant, um, and it's it's very themed based on traveling. And it's going to have artwork, journals, research from uh, those who created the Disney's Animal Kingdom of their travels. The artwork's going to reflect traveling to Africa, Asia, and South America. It'll include sketches as well as photographs and there's going to be what they're what they're calling is galleries and it's going to be your three dining rooms um trek gallery is going to have 74 seats it's going to feature asia then the f um safari gallery is going to feature africa it's going to have 64 seats and then there's going to be a disney conservation fund animals room they're calling that the grand gallery with 114 seats so really this does focus a lot on disney conservation um, and, and traveling to those countries. Um, they're going to have prayer flags that are going to be hanging. This is uh, one of the things that you'll be able to do is they're going to have large banners with travel questions on them. And one of the questions may be something like, what do you always do when traveling? And this is going to be to support the concert Worldwide Conservation Fund. And so guests will be able to purchase a tag and write their answer to the question to be played. So nice. I think that's very cool. That is. Um, we have, you can actually go to the post on Dining at Disney and tell us, what do you always do when traveling? Because we would like to hear your story. For me, I always like to learn about the culture and history when I travel internationally. And as far as when I'm traveling in the U.S., I just like meeting new people. How about you, Bubba? <laughs> oh, definitely meeting new people. My First and foremost, I just try to have fun wherever I go if I just have fun to the fullest because you never know when you're going to be back there. And if you'll um, ever be back. If you'll ever be back. So that and definitely meeting new people. I love talking to the people from around the world, especially when I go to Disneyland meeting people from, you know, oh, Europe and Australia. I met an Australian couple this weekend. That was, oh, wow. They were, That's yeah, a they were long hilarious. route traveling. Yeah. So they're in uh, the U.S. for a month, they said, just traveling around. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I've, a lot of times when I've met people who have either been from Australia or New Zealand, and they say because it's such a long flight, it's like 24 hour flight that they plan on spending four to six weeks just traveling wherever it is, whether it be Europe or North America because of the flight being so long. And I'm like, yeah. that's that's pretty cool, you know, to really get to, to experience a certain place. I mean, that really gets you in the uh, in the whole traveling spirit when you know you're going to be somewhere for that long. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
And then on to what everybody wants to know, the food at Tiffin. So some of the starters are going to include a lobster popcorn Thai curry soup with basil and peanuts. That's going to be Asian and African inspired. Uh, European inspired will be their marinated grill octopus. South America is going to have a sustainable seasonal fish crudo. And then for North America, a salad with roasted baby beets and goat cheese with walnut granola and sun-dried cherry vinaigrette. Discovery Island is where um, is what that's going to be called. So uh, some of the entrees will include a Berber spice lamb chop, Berkshire pork tenderloin, uh, grilled ha- head-on shrimp with tomatoes, roasted fennel, olives, and sea urchin butter mm, sauce. That's wow. going to be European. Uh, vegetarians will probably like this dish: a roasted market vegetable curry with quinoa, zucchini, and lime chutney. Um, there will also be handcrafted cocktails and beers. Some of them are going to be um, they'll have exotic fruit flavored lemonade, Asian and African premium loose leaf teas, and coffee beans from Colombia, Ethiopia, Indonesia, and Tanzania. Um, and then there will also be connected to this going to be Nomad Lounge. So this is going to be a great place for small plates, uh, including like a Wagyu uh, beef skewer, honey glaze, coriander, spice pork ribs. That's not good. Mm-hmm. Indian butter wow. chicken wings, seasonal fish balls with shishito peppers, and house-made head cheese and chicken liver pate with chutney. I'll skip the chicken liver pate. I'm not a pate <laughs> fan, but I think it's the texture uh, of I, it. <laughs> and, just, and maybe, just, it, unfortunately, it reminds me, it looks like cat food to me. I don't want to exactly. say it, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I've had cats since I was six years old, so from the time I saw that <laughs> dish, it's always like cat food. I was just yeah. not going to say that um however uh, not that i've tasted cat food um i would i'm gonna say when i've had pate it doesn't taste like it, it just i think it's the mushy texture that it has to it the look I'm, and the texture reminds me of that yeah but not like the taste. i don't but i don't like yogurt because to me things that don't have contrasting i like contrasting texture so when i yogurt it has to be a parfait so i put granola maybe drizzle <laughs> some honey some um dried fruit in there so that way it's got yeah. texture to it but to eat just yogurt okay, i don't like yeah, jello that... i mean things that don't really have jello i, know, I don't like jello oh there's always room for jello <laughs> man to me jello is equals hospital food <laughs> Oh, or Jello shots. We can have Jello shots, maybe. (laughs) Now, see if they serve those in the hospital. That would make things a lot better when you're there. (laughs) And pain free. Yeah, yeah, right. There you go. Time for your Jello shot, Mr. Alvarez. Here you go. (laughs) I'm about five. So uh, that's just some of the things you'll be able to experience at Tiffin's, including uh, the Nomad Lounge. Uh, which I'm excited. I can't wait for it to open. It's going to be nice to have a new dining experience in uh, at Disney's Animal Kingdom. It's always been kind of limited. I mean, it's a, it's a large part, like square footage wise, but mm. so much of it again features animals, and you have to have space. For so it's not that there's yeah. when it comes to the number of attractions and, and stuff. There's not quite as many restaurants. Now, I would hope, but I'm looking forward to this. And then, of course, once Pandora opens, even more dining options. Yes, which makes me happy and me. Broke. 
And um, let's see, the last show, Baba, we talked about the Magic Kingdom adding um, an evening event, ticket event. Yeah. Well, just a couple weeks later, they announced Disney Early Morning, Morning. Magic. I read that, yes. Yep. Okay, so this is going to be very limited, just like the other one. Uh, it is a hard ticket event. What it will give guests is the opportunity to enter the park. Uh, before other guests. So it'll start at 7.45 and runs till 10 a.m. Uh, you have to have, if you're wanting to stay after that, you have to have a ticket for a full park day. Yes. So you can't, like, if this does not include later in the day for you to be able to stay in the park, no. you have to have two tickets if you're going to do that. But with this, it'll include a breakfast at Pinocchio's Village House. Some of the menu items are going to be seasonal fruit and berries, fresh baked pastries, scrambled eggs with assorted toppings, veggie frittatas, cured meats and cheeses, smoked bacon, pork and turkey sausages, fried potatoes with caramelized onions, waffles with butter and syrup. There will also be chilled juices, coffee, and tea to drink. Breakfast will be available from 8.30 to 10 a.m. It's going to be $69 for those 10 and up. Ages 3 to 9, it's 59, of course, plus tax. This will start beginning on April 26th. It's on select Tuesday and Saturday mornings. And, um, yeah, so it also gives you the ability, you'll be riding three attractions as well. And that's going to be Peter Pan's Flight, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and the Mini Adventures Winnie the Pooh, which are all attractions that can get very long wait times, especially Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, yeah. which has a very long wait for that one. Um, I haven't seen it under 80 minutes when I've been there. And that's including, like, off, like off season. Wow. So, but you can uh, purchase tickets uh, online or by calling 407 407- Eight two seven seven three five zero, and check in for that begins at seven thirty. So, I don't know what to think about that. To me, I'm go- that one. I'm I'm liking more because you get breakfast. Yeah, I was gonna say the adding the breakfast to that's a, good, a great idea. I think they should just maybe charge a little bit more and have a a buffet just for those guests. You know, go and eat when you want um, during those uh, what is it three hours, two hours, and then go ride something real quick, a couple things. Because like you said, those three attractions are open, so um, and the line should not be that long for depending on you know how many people do buy um, those tickets. Yeah, and consider. You have from 8.30 to 10 to eat your breakfast. You know, some people will probably start their day at those attractions rather than waiting till after breakfast. Yeah. That would be my plan because the, the park opens at 9 a.m. to everybody. So you're going to have one hour that of that time that you're not the only ones in the park that now guests have entered the park. So my goal would then be... Head straight to the attractions, ride those, then have my breakfast. Then have your breakfast, because yeah. You're having other guests in the park isn't going to disrupt that. The cool thing's going to be getting that park photo with not a whole bunch of people in it. Yeah. You know, getting the castle photo. And uh, that's always nice. That's one of the things we used to book an early morning breakfast at Crystal Palace just to get into the park. To get and those have pictures. That, be able to get those pictures with nobody in it. You know, or maybe maybe a guest. I mean, it was it, it's nice to be able to do that when the park aren't open but you have a, a dining reservation so i do miss those days working in the park and coming in two hours before the park opens or before guests come in and just seeing everything without a 50 strollers in the way or something like that it, it's very nice too especially for, yeah exactly <laughs> 
And then my last dining story has to do with Four Seasons. Um, and this is within the gates of Disney World. Not Disney owned and operated, but it is within the gates. It's uh, located not kind of in between, I would say, Magic Kingdom and Port Orleans. It's like off the same same street as Port Orleans. And um, they have added a new menu at PB&G. It's going to be dinner Wednesday through Sunday from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And some of the menu items include ahi tuna nachos. You know that's going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. A chopped seafood cob salad. Coffee-crusted rotisserie ribeye. Doesn't that sound good? Mm. Smokehouse burger. Um, and then for dessert, you'll be able to get their oversized classic banana split and a fresh-baked chocolate chip key. Mm. It's going to be served in a cast-iron skillet, top caramel cons, and vanilla ice cream. Also taking place at PB&G is going to be what they're calling jockeys and juleps. It's derby time. And uh, this, to me, this is crazy. The Kentucky Derby will be hosting its 142nd race. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is a lot. That's, that's um, been a while. That's going to be on Saturday, May 7th. If you're not going to be going to the Derby, you can still pretend you are there having fun by going to PB&G, getting all dressed up, seersucker, <laughs> put it on a Derby hat. They're going to have on their TVs from noon to 8 p.m. the race. They're going to have special drinks like a Jesse's Mint Julep for $8. They're also going to be doing a tour of Kentucky bourbon flight featuring PB&G's bourbon from Four, uh, Four Roses, Buffalo Trace, Bullet, and Woodford Reserve. There's also going to be some special menu items as well to celebrate it, including a shrimp po' boy slider, Kentucky fried chicken, hot brown sandwich. Have you ever had a hot Kentucky hot brown? No, I, I, I don't even think I've heard of that. Oh, it's so good. What they do is it is a piece of toast. It's got, um, oh gosh, why all of a sudden am I drawing a blank? Roasted turkey, bacon, cheese. I mean, oh, it's good. Wow. It's so good. No, uh, they'll, also, <laughs> they'll also have bourbon sticky ribs and candied bacon with a side of bourbon on the rocks. Ooh, candied bacon. Two of my favorite words. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, those of you that do show up dressed, if you wear a hat, you'll receive 10% off your bill. Oh, nice. So there's a little way to get a discount. But in addition to that, the best derby hat will receive uh, a cooking class with PB&G chef Mickey Termini. So you get a prize if you have the best derby hat. So wow, that's awesome. Start thinking. You got a couple weeks. May 7th, um, right? And they're, they're also going to have a prize for those who choose to compete in selecting the winning horse. So they're making that a lot of fun. Yeah, that is. Wow. Also, Mother's Day is just around the corner. That's the day after the Derby on Sunday, May 8th. And you, of course, have to remember to treat mom. There's going to be a few things going on. Ravello will have a special buffet from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. They're going to have several stations, including pasta, a seafood bar, a raw bar, carving station with prime rib, and herb-crusted leg of lamb, dessert. There's going to be a separate station for kids. Uh, brunch is going to be 110 per adult, kids age 5, 12. 45. If you're looking for dinner, you can take mom to Capo, which is one of our favorites. It's a Spanish uh, restaurant located at the top of the resort. They are going to have the regular menu, but also a special Mother's Day menu that include duck confit for an appetizer, petite filet, plus a chocolate lava cake dessert with banana ice cream. 
and mom will receive a complimentary glass of kava and a box of macaroons. Then if you're also looking for a brunch that's a little bit less, Sundays, we've ta- discussed this before, I talked about the review on the show, and it's Plancha, their incredible three-course brunch with the bottomless mimosa and Bloody Mary. So that also will be going on. And if you like wine dinners, you're a wine connoisseur, then you might want to take part in Kappa's uh, special Texan wine dinner. And it's going to be welcoming five master sommeliers on Friday, May 20th. Going to start at 6.30, be an interactive wine dinner. Executive chef Fabrizio Shinardi, executive pastry chef Rabbi Saber, Kappa chef Tim Dacey, Plancha chef Pedro Sanchez, and PB&J chef Mickey Termini will also be participating alongside of these five master sommeliers. So you'll want to check that out. You will uh, get five... Uh, from the five master sommeliers, you'll be able to enjoy 30 poor uh, award-winning wines. This is an exclusive dinner. 130 per person. Reservations are required. One nice thing, if you're dining at Kappa, Ravello, PB&G for dinner, any of those things, valet parking is fully validated. That's a little perk there yeah. for you. Okay, Bubba. I have gone through all the Disney World news, and now the moment everybody has been waiting for, your (laughs) review of the Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival. What a weekend it was, I'll tell you that. Um, No, this has been, this hasn't happened for about five, six years since uh, they started construction on Cars Land. They stopped it. So I'm very happy they brought it back. I know it's kind of a good thing since a lot of stuff in Disneyland is closed, and they're not doing the 24-hour day anymore, so this is a good event to kind of make up for that. Doesn't make up for the 24-hour day in my opinion, but it was still such a fun event and I hope they keep doing it every year. So once we uh, got to the park, if you're an annual pass holder, they, like you said, they they spoil you with uh, a couple of things that you can purchase. One of them is this food and wine uh, lanyard that we got. It comes with a, a special lanyard that has the food and wine festival logo on here, plus an annual pass holder logo. And it comes with six tabs. As you can see, we have one left. So we plan on coming back, hopefully at the end of the Food and Wine Festival. So um, we have this one more thing we can use. But like I said, it comes with six and uh, you get to try six uh, of the uh, marketplace foods. Now this was $45 starting out for annual pass holders, but they lowered the price a week later. So if you did buy one for 45, you can go back and bring your lanyard back and they'll punch a hole in it, kind of like the one that's right there. And uh, they'll give you a $10 gift card uh, for purchasing it so early and then lowering the price. The price is now $39 for annual pass holders. And it's definitely a great buy if you want to use on the more expensive items in the marketplace. And then we got, uh, so this was up for purchase. You could purchase annual pass holder t-shirt uh, just for the food and wine festival, along with a gift. If you want to do a gift card, you can. They had special food and wine gift cards out just for this event. And if you're a pass holder, they gave you a button too, which they'll have different ones every week, kind of like how they did for the uh, annual <gasps> pass holder days. Oh, I like- yeah, this was the first week. The second week just came out on Monday. So um, hopefully our other correspondent, Michelle, said she was going to go by this week and grab one, maybe two or three. I know she said she has a button for you. So she's getting all that. She did tell me. Yes. And they also gave out recipe cards. Uh, these are all different from the annual pass holder days. And I did grab one for the first week. This is the fried baby artichokes. 
Uh, and it nice. does, yeah, it does have the food and wine logo at the bottom too. And then the new one that they just came out with yesterday was the uh, beef tenderloin, which we will talk about in just a few minutes. So, uh, like I said, annual pass holders definitely something you have to go do and and uh, purchase. You said thirty nine dollars, right, for the the thirty nine for the lanyard and the um, the six uh, samples. And on the back, it shows all the marketplaces and what they do have to offer. And um, yeah, kind of like a, just your own little guide right there. And uh, so once we did that, we started tasting some food. Our first place was the uh, Gold Rush booth. It, that's the busiest booth. Uh, both days we were there, it was the busiest booth uh, there. They had the uh, triple mac and cheese with smoked chicken. And the with the cheeses, they had Fontina cheddar and Gouda cheese. Uh, we also got the apple bacon whoopie pie with the maple cream and uh, cream cheese icing and bacon brittle. We didn't do the artichoke chips on that one. We kind of kind of like uh, just trying to keep money costs down. So, um, but it was very cheap for the apple bacon pie, a whoopie pie. It was only three fifty. Uh, but wow, those two those kind of started off the whole event because the triple mac and cheese tasted amazing. You could definitely taste the smokiness from the chicken. Um, it was just kind of like a, a real creamy taste to the cheese also. So as I was eating that, Taylor, uh, my wife Taylor was eating the mac and cheese. I was eating the whoopie pie. So I had my first bite was with the whoopie pie. So I tried that. It tasted great. The, um, there was a little uh, sliver of apples in the middle. Uh, the cookie on top was very soft. So I took a bite of that and it tasted great. So as soon as I was, I swallowed that, Taylor force fed me a spoonful of mac and cheese. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, I'll try it. And I tried it right off the bat and it tasted so so amazing that that combination of the whoopie pie and then the mac and cheese. I told her, oh, you have to try this. And so she tried it too <laughs> and said, and her eyes lit up like, wow, this is amazing. So I started telling everybody around us, did you guys try this together? And they're like, oh no, we got to try it. So everybody's trying it around us. And they're like, wow, this is an amazing combination. Who would have thought that this whoopie pie and the mac and cheese you know, would be so great. And, um, you know, that tasted so amazing. I highly recommend if you do go there to try that, eat the whoopie pie first. Once you swallow that down, take a good bite of the mac and cheese and let me know what you think. If you, everybody's opinion on that so far, I haven't had a single bad opinion on that. Um, after that, we went to the, um, uh, I believe it was the LA style booth there. They had the chilled ahi poke, the pork belly bow taco and the milk chocolate caramel tart. We tried the taco and the tart. Uh, the taco was probably one of my best items uh, out of the whole food and wine festival. It was a very soft uh, kind of breaded shell. And uh, the piece of uh, the pork belly that they had in there was very uh, tender and thick. And the, the, uh, the pickled vegetables they put on top along with the jalapenos that gave it a great kick without the jalapeno. Jalapeno, you could kind of take them off if you wanted to. It it tasted okay, but once you bit into that jalapeno with it, it made every all the flavors in your mouth explode with that taco. So that was one of my best items of the whole uh, food and wine festival. Uh, we did try the milk chocolate caramel tart. It was kind of like a big adult candy bar, in my opinion. So it was, it was yeah, it was, <laughs> it I mean, not, yeah, kind of, nothing too fancy. You know, it was very chocolatey, kind of decadent. Um, it looked beautiful though. The the presentation was very beautiful. Uh, so. So we'll definitely have some pictures up once uh, once I get them to you. So uh, it, you'll see how beautiful everything looks. So that was one of the uh, best presentations uh, with that tart. From there, we went to Wine Country and we tried one of the items from there. They had the uh, the blackberry tart and the roasted yellow beet and purple haze goat cheese, but we didn't try those. We tried the Zinfandel braised Wagyu beef with the creamy polenta and spring pea puree. Uh, not too uh, tasteful in my opinion. It was kind 
kind of underwhelmed. Uh, a lot of people agreed with me oh, around. No. Yeah. So um, I guess the week before somebody said that they used uh, chunks of beef for the Wagyu beef. This time it looked like a shredded pot roast uh, on top of the polenta. And, you know, the polenta was, uh, you know, tasted great. Nothing too fancy about the polenta, but the beef was just not too uh, flavorful in my opinion. And the sweet peas kind of made it, gave it the great texture and made it uh, worth uh, getting in my opinion. Wow. So, yeah, you know, and a lot of people said it tasted better the first week also. So I don't know what they did to change it the next week. But yeah, we were kind of underwhelmed by that, uh, by the Wagyu beef. So, you know, go, got a thing. What do you want? Yeah, what can you do? So, uh, and I got the same opinions where people around me, I would, as I would eat, I would ask people around them, what would you, what do you think of it too? And they're like, uh, yeah, the polenta was great. The sweet peas gave it a great touch, but the beef was just not flavorful. It was just like shredded pot roast in my opinion. So, uh, you know, you'll see, you'll definitely get pictures of that too. Still the presentation looked very nice. The presentation on all these items looked very nice. So from there, I believe we went to the, uh, the farm. Yes. We tried the grilled beef tenderloin slider with the chimichurri sauce and the fried, uh, yucca along with the Meyer lemon macaroon and blackberry marmalade, uh, filling. So the first off, was that as good as it sounds? I fell in love with that macaroon that was so tasty <laughs> my wife kind of disagrees she's like the she's more of the tart flavor she likes the tartness i thought it was very sweet it, one of the best items uh, second best item underneath the taco um the macaroon was a good size a lot of filling inside with uh the blueberry uh, marmalade and the blueberry there was blueberry dust also sprinkled on top and yeah that was one of the hits in my opinion as for the tenderloin once again i i wasn't uh too big on it. The beef tasted kind of dry, in my opinion. The bread uh, was a little bit overcooked on mine, but the chimichurri sauce that they put on top, I want the the recipe for that. That was one of the best sauces I've ever tasted. It, I said, you could put like a whole scoop of chimichurri sauce on this and this tastes great. So instead they put like a little spoonful, you know, portion control, but it, the, the sauce was definitely a hit in my opinion, along with the fried yucca that gave it a good uh, um, kind of like a crunchiness to it uh, along. But like I said, the bread was kind of crunchy in my opinion, which it shouldn't have been. I know somebody else's bread was a lot softer than mine, but uh, the tender, the beef tenderloin, it just tasted very dry to me. It was a nice, good piece, uh, thick and beefy, but tasted very under seasoned. I don't even think it was seasoned at all. Uh, but uh, oh, like I wow. said, yeah, that chimichurri sauce, that's uh, that's this week's uh, recipe card. So I'm hoping to get one so I can get the recipe for that sauce. And then they also had the golden uh, Thai vegetable curry, which we didn't try, though. Um, hopefully when we go back, we're going to try some of the stuff that we didn't have. From there, we walked over to the By the Bay Marketplace, and the big thing that we wanted to try was the white cheddar ale and bacon soup in a Bodine bread bowl. So we grabbed that, and we also grabbed the chilled shrimp and snow crab cocktail. The bread bowl, it was great. It had the right amount of beer, in my opinion, of uh, ale. You could definitely taste the cheese and the bacon also with it. And the bread gave it a good kick. Uh, you just wanted to dip piece after piece inside there. It was very small. You know, good. it was a good size still. But, uh, you know, that's something 
I feel they should have in the park. Uh, Taylor still prefers the broccoli cheese over that. That's still her favorite bread bowl, but she said that's a second right there. Um, but with the shrill- cheddar and bacon, bacon, cheddar, and and, and beer. And yeah, that, that I'm sold on anything that has those three ingredients put together. And white cheddar. I love white cheddar too. That's it tastes so much better than just regular cheddar, in my opinion. And it, it like I said, it did gave it. You could taste everything that it says in the ingredients: the cheddar, the ale, and the bacon. So um, with that, we tried. I ate. Taylor doesn't eat seafood, but I ate it. The chilled uh, shrimp and snow crab cocktail. Best presentation out of all the items there. Came in a nice uh, cup. Wow. Yeah, and it came in a nice plastic uh, clear cup. They gave you a good amount of shrimp and cocktail sauce. The cocktail sauce had onions, uh, diced vegetables, also with it. And with the uh, snow crab, they it was the snow crab and and it was holding the lemon up, kind of so you can grab the lemon and squeeze it in. Uh, but that tasted great. It could have used more horseradish in the cocktail sauce. I think I make better cocktail sauce than that. Uh, yeah, but like I said, it was a good amount of shrimp too. Also inside, good chunks of shrimp, not too big, uh, so that you can get a lot in there. And there was a good amount of crab too. They gave you the whole leg, so all you do is just uh, peel the half of it out, and you can just pull the rest of the meat out, and it just go. It blended well right inside there. But yeah, best presentation nice. out of all the out of all the items there. So um, uh, what else did we get? We I think that was it. That was the food that we had for that day. Uh, we also the next day had um oh no we couldn't we wanted to try the viva fresca so we went over as we were in line we met some friends and they said uh the taco did not taste great at all do not get the taco get the burrito so they had yeah yeah, so there was a fried shrimp taco with pickled onion jalapeno and uh queso fresco with avocado lime cream but the burrito that they had they said it was amazing an anaheim chili and roasted cauliflower burrito with jack cheese and avocado lime cream so as we go how it works at the food and wine festival you pay for your food first you there's two lines you pay for your food once you pay for it you get your receipt you go into the line at the booth and then you show them your receipt once you're up at the booth as we went to go pay for it we said can we get two burritos please they said we are out we'll be out probably for about 35 to 45 minutes so um, we decided oh we'll come back after we were going to go see a cooking demonstration Uh, once we came back after the cooking demonstration they said they were out for the day and so we are very disappointed. We wanted to try that. So like I said, if we go back, we're going to try that again. But everybody said that burrito was just amazing. One of the best things at that uh, Viva Fresca booth. So that was the food wow. that, yeah, so that was the food that we had. We didn't really have any uh, beer samples or wine samples. My main focus was the uh, was the food, making sure, uh, you know, I try to get as much as I could, <laughs> could eat in. And um, so I did try another item that uh, wasn't that was featured actually at Pacific Wharf Cafe, uh, which was the Dungeness Crab Corn Chowder in a Bodine Bread Bowl. Amazing. That was definitely... It sounds good. It was. They put the right amount of crab in. Not only was there crab in the soup, but they put uh, two spoonfuls of crabs on of crab on top of the soup for you. Wow. It definitely had a good smokiness taste. You could definitely taste the corn, the crab. Even my brother-in-law, he was with us. He doesn't really eat seafood that much, but he tried a piece of it and he said, this doesn't taste like seafood at all. Uh, it, it, it was amazing. So if you can go, that's one of my recommendations. It's not the, it's not part of this. So it's, uh, I believe it's uh, $13.99 at Pacific 
Pacific Wharf Cafe. It's a big, it's a dinner meal. So go buy that if you uh, if you're there. As for the cooking demonstrations, we did uh, watch three of them, and all three were very entertaining. The first one was from Natalie Willingham. She's uh, one of the chefs at the Disneyland Resort, and one of her items is featured in the Food and Wine Festival, which is the smoked chicken mac and cheese that she made for us, uh, which was great. I'm so happy I, we got to see that one. We didn't know what she was making until she got up there. And when she said that, everybody was so happy because, like I said, that's one of the best and most popular items at the uh, Food and Wine Festival. So she showed us everything of how she, what cheeses she uses. I believe she used a smoked Gouda, a Fontina, and a Fiscalini cheese. It's kind of like a type of cheddar cheese. And uh, she showed us a simple way to use, to smoke chicken inside your house using um, aluminum tins. So uh, it was very clever how she showed us. She just said, make sure you use wood chips, put it on top of an electric stove for about two minutes. And then once that's set, you can uh, put it in your oven along with your chicken. Just make sure you have a well-ventilated kitchen area. you got your windows open, your fans on, because it'll end up being really smoky inside your house. Um, she was entertaining, and she um, she said that she might have another uh, uh, cooking demonstration in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I told her we'd be back at the end of the uh, month, and she said, I think I might be doing another one. So I'm hoping I get to see her again. The second one that we watched was Chef Brendan Collins. He is the owner of Hollywood Restaurant Birch. You've also seen him on Bar Rescue, and he is the cookbook author of Cooking, Blokes, and Artichokes. Definitely one of the funniest <laughs> ones. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great book title. When he laughed, when he said that, I'm like, that's a great book title. Uh, uh -huh. cooking, cooking, Blokes, and Artichokes. He is from Europe. And uh, he was one of the funniest guys out there. He had his fa his wife and his daughter up front. His daughter would ask him questions during his cooking demo. It was so hilarious. He told us this uh, one funny story. Uh, what he was making, it was a, he used a thick piece of, I believe it was sourdough toast, and he toasted that. He sautéed sliced wild mushrooms, and um, he topped that on top of the toast with a, a, he calls it a fried egg, but it's basically sunny side up, but they call it fried egg in Europe. And he put two big pieces of well-done prosciutto on top. And uh, mm -hmm. I don't eat mushrooms, but I told him I would eat that in a heartbeat. Uh, so, but one of the funny stories that he told was that there's a restaurant over here on the West Coast, West Coast called Norm's, and it's kind of like a, a Denny's or a IHOP, you know, 24 hours, or Waffle House, as you guys have probably on the West, on the East Coast. And um, he yeah, was there with, well. yeah, he was there with his wife and he asked the, uh, the server, so uh, can, uh, how, the server asked him, how do you like your eggs? And he said, oh, I'll like a fried egg, please. And she's like, okay, how would you like that? And he's like, fried. I want it fried. Okay, well, how would you like it? And he kept telling her, I want it fried. I don't know what the problem is. And it's like, oh, well, we have, do you want it uh, over medium, over easy, over hard? And he's like, no, I want it fried with the egg sticking up in the air. And the wife is like, honey, that's sunny side up here. And he's like, oh, that's kind of a weird thing to say. Okay, we call it fried over here. So, and during the whole demonstration, he would make sure he called it, make sure he called this a fried egg. Don't call it sunny side up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's um, definitely so, an American thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like he took offense by it. I'm like, hey, it's a, it was just funny how that story he told. But um, uh, he uh, did. Uh, he took pictures with uh, everybody afterwards, and he was a really cool guy. I'm, I'm glad I got to see it. He did two demonstrations that weekend. I believe he cooked uh, something different in his other demonstration, but we didn't get to watch that. The third one that we did watch was from Chef Barbie Flores. She's a YouTube star, a private chef, and she's an instructor for the cooking. Math.
matters uh, for cooking matters. And uh, she made us a quinoa casserole with shredded chicken, pepper jack cheese, roasted corn, and black beans. But the big thing that she uh, wanted to stress was that the quinoa that she used was, uh, this was from Ecuador. Was, uh, there's a website called disproimp.com. It's D-I-S-P-R-O-I-M-P. And they sell quinoa that is grown in Ecuador, which is, Ecuador is one of the biggest uh, quinoa suppliers in the world. But where they grow it, you know, with the air and um, kind of also the shading that she said, the, the shade from the mountain, uh, mountains also helps uh, produce quality quinoa. And uh, she used that along with a barbecue called Blender's Barbecue, which you can purchase uh, over at blendersbarbecuesauce.com. We actually met the owners of uh, the barbecue sauce. They were there at the demonstration. And she was, um, I'd never had quinoa before, I told her. I said, I definitely, this is something I'm going to try. Uh, I don't know. Have you ever had quinoa before? I have. I actually like quinoa. I, I have a, almost always have a bag of it at home just because I think it's, you know, it's so healthy and it's a great alternative, you know, to having rice or potatoes or something like that. It makes for a nice side dish. I like it. I like to use it to make salads, like add uh, some like citrus vinaigrette to it and then maybe, you know, some all, um, onions with a little bit of like cranberries, things like that in it. Yeah, she, that's something that she did stress is about the healthiness of quinoa and um the alternatives you can use besides, you know, rice and potatoes and stuff like that. And the uh, I wish we could have tasted the casserole. Unfortunately, with the free cooking demonstrations, you couldn't taste the food, um, but they did display it, their dish after they were done making it. So I do have pictures of all the dishes that the uh, the chefs made and I got pictures with them, too. I'm glad I got to see them. Um, I wish I could have seen all of them. There's about three or four demonstrations every Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So if you're down at the Food and Wine Festival, I definitely recommend seeing one or two. Uh, and, you know, they have great tips on what, what you should do. Like I said, with the smoking just smoking chicken inside, I'm going to try that one day. I've never thought about smoking a chicken inside. And I didn't know it was possible, in my opinion. But, um, you know, great demonstrations by those three chefs. And uh, from that, you know, that was basically everything that we did. We did. We tried to get everything done, as at least as much as we could done those uh, three, those two days. And um, like I said, we're going to go back. We're going to try to get other stuff that we didn't uh, try and uh, hopefully I'll give my opinions on those soon so if you're there at the Food and Wine Festival please let us know we want your opinions on everything you eat and see from the park even if you're not at the Food and Wine Festival if you're in the Disney parks just let us know everything that uh, you're eating and let us know how it tastes but uh, definitely a great job from Disney I wish there was uh, a little they got they have to find a better way to get the booths more spread out how it was is as you're walking down down um, towards Carsland from Buena Vista Street. That's where all the booths were located. So it kind of got congested, especially with the lines. Um, you know, there's two separate lines for each booth, one to pay and one to pick up your food. And, uh, you know, that, not only that, there was the wine tasting and the beer booths also, which were basically full too uh, during throughout the day. And uh, they have to, I feel they should spread them out even more. And there was nothing down in Paradise Pier, which I thought they should implement that more with the Food and Wine Festival. Everything was basically located either in Hollywood land or along the path headed to Cars land. So spread that out a little bit. And I think there'll be a, uh, be much better success. As for the celebrity, uh, cooking shows. I did not get to do any of those. Those are paid uh, cooking shows that you uh, have to reserve online um, online or over the phone. But I talked to people that did attend those. And the uh, Bobby Flay one, some people were 
kind of unimpressed with the food that he made. I believe he just, you know, and I told him, I said, that's the only show that was sold out as of right now. Even the Kurt Russell one, oh, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, isn't sold out yet. But, uh, you know, they need to, uh, I think they need to bring in more chefs that are, you know, not just a face for that actually can cook, in my opinion. And uh, so we, uh, I believe that was that one. And Andrew Sutton, everybody said the Andrew Sutton one was amazing. I wish I could have done that one. The food tasted was great. Was it Bobby Flay or Guy Fieri? Oh, did I say Bobby Flay? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It was Guy Fieri. I don't know why I got my chefs mixed up. <laughs> Thank you for telling me that. Uh, Guy Fieri. Yeah. Maybe because both of them have done a lot of shows for the Food Network. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Bobby Flay, though, he's he's much better in my opinion. But yeah, sorry. That was Guy Fieri, uh, hosters of Diners, Dives, and Drive-Ins. And, uh, you know, he made, I believe he did make like a tri-tip sandwich uh, and a type of a tri-tip, a type of a meat salad from what I asked from one of the guests. They said the drink that he made was excellent. I forgot the name of it. But uh, the the people I talked to with the Andrew Sutton one, they did the Andrew Sutton and the Bobby Flay one, which I couldn't believe. But they said the Andrew Sutton. You mean Guy Fieri. Or Guy Fieri. I'm going to shoot myself in the head. Guy Fieri. That they went to the Guy Fieri and Andrew Sutton show, and Andrew Sutton's was, oh, wow. food was so much better, um, so much elaborate, and uh, they they all took pictures with them and everything. So if you can attend one of those celebrity viewings, definitely do it. Uh, do it. They just added another one a uh, couple days after we talked about it. Uh, one of the girls that was giving a demonstration did cancel, so they added Kurt Russell, legend, Disney legend, and winemaker to the Food and Wine Festival which you'll be able to see him April 16th. It's a 90-minute uh, question and answer session, and it's about his adventures and personal journeys in winemaking, and it is complete with wine tasting. This event, though, is going to be $199 plus tax, and you can book it through the uh, Disney Dining Hotline. Uh, so uh, this one's going to be kind of different. I know there won't be probably a culinary demonstration that like the other celebrity events, but it's Kurt freaking Russell. <laughs> I mean, you can't get any better than that. I've I've seen him do interviews about his wine too, and he, um, you know, I I wish I could do this one. Unfortunately, I can't. But um, you know, it's definitely going to be a yeah, fun one. Yeah, one ninety nine's definitely a little steep. <laughs> it's a little steep, uh, but you know, like I said, it's Kurt Russell. He's a Disney legend. His wine is amazing from what I've heard from other people and from interviews about his wine. And, uh, you know, it's you'll have a conversation with them. You'll get, I'm sure he's going to do uh, pictures with everybody afterwards and uh, sign your wine bottles and everything like that. So they just recently added Yeah, his that. wine, his wines are available um <laughs> Oh, Al Fresco Terrace, right? Isn't that what it's called? Tasting Terrace? Yeah, they have it at the Napa. Up, upstairs of Wine Country. Yes, they have Napa Lounge uh, and the restaurant that the Grand Californian and Spa, Steakhouse 55 at the Disneyland Hotel and Carte Soco Restaurant and the Al Fresco uh, Tasting uh, Lounge, which is upstairs in the Sonoma Terrace. Yeah, I like that place up top. That's oh. such a nice, I think it's just such a great place to unwind at the end of a day over at Disney California Adventure. I go up there, sit, and you've got the beautiful view of Cars Land oh, there. Yeah. And it's great if you get there before the lights come on and watch them light all that up while you're there. It's just it's so cool. It is. And there's always a kitty there. Yeah, we saw a cat last time we dined over there with you guys. That was cute. Yep. Unfortunately, it was closed the day we went, though. The upstairs lounge. I think they were using it for the wine seminars that you uh, you can pay for, which are around $15 per person. But uh, 
you know, definitely that's a great place to enjoy your wine. But that was our experience with the Food and Wine Festival. It was great. I definitely recommend it to everybody. Um, if you're a food and wine junkie, this is something that you cannot miss, especially if you're a Disney junkie, too. Now, when you went to pick up your button in your recipe card, you had to go to Blue Sky Cellar Lounge, right? Yes. And they scan your pass. What was that like? Uh, it's just right up. As soon as you walk in, they scan your pass the first time. There you pick up your button. They are limiting the buttons one per person per day when they scan your pass. And then after they scan your pass and you grab your button, they scan your pass again, which is kind of weird in my opinion. But um, yeah, and then as you go inside, uh, it was a long line just to get the lanyard. But uh, while you're waiting, you can watch. Uh, they had videos up on about California winemaking, why it's so perfect, why the air here, especially in Napa, is so perfect for wine and for grapes. And uh, you can also charge your phone, too. They had charging stations for your phone or tablet. And uh, you could. Uh, the day that we went, they did run out of recipe cards, though, too. Luckily, I got one from Michelle. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but, uh, well, they had this. They, they gave these out longer than expected, from my opinion. And from what people said, they said they were giving them, like, two or three at a time. So that that's kind of figured why that's, they would run out but um yeah. i'm sure they'll have, i'm sure they'll have more this time like i said starting yesterday or on monday they gave out new cards and new buttons so you know it just it was just a long line just to get this lanyard though but everybody had them and it is worth it like i said use these for the higher priced items because like uh one of the cast members said you guys are using it so smart too because people are using them to pay for their three dollar and fifty cent whoopie pie when they could pay for their seven dollar or eight dollar ten or slider or seven dollar cocktail seven dollar bread bowl whatever yeah so i mean it's you like i said use it for the higher priced items and uh eat your way through disneyland or disney california wow but very successful event i'm glad they had it i can't wait to try to get back there and try everything else and hope they do it again next year so that covers our main entree right there and now it's on to dessert our dining mm. tips yeah, mine is gonna be uh which goes along with the Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival. Also, you've got the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival, the Food and Wine Festival. They offer these, uh, which you can get, little gift cards. They have a little wristlet, so you can put it on your wrist. And I believe the minimum is $15 a gift put on it. Yes. But it's a great way to pay for things, and you don't have to dig through your pockets, your bag, whatever you have that's carrying your money. You don't have to dig for it. You just, you know, have them swipe your card, and you're good to go you can set whatever amounts so you could go i'm only going to spend a hundred dollars on food and drink for this event put a hundred dollars on it and you have now set yourself your own little budget and then it can be reused and if you don't want to reuse it it makes for a great souvenir uh i know for disney world the cars change every single year they're different you know depending on the theme of that year's festival i'm sure it's going to be the same way if they bring this get uh back again next year so you could always keep it as a yeah. souvenir yeah, awesome. we have one, too. So that we had to get it as a souvenir. And your tip, Bubba? My tip is um, there's a nice little restaurant in Disney, California called the Cove Bar, which were, is where we met Kristen and Al John uh, for the first time. And uh, there they have a secret drink menu, which you might know about it. But um, there's five drinks that are on this drink menu, that secret drink menu that aren't on the regular menu. And uh, what they're kind of like different spins on Long Island. So here are the five. The, the Black Pearl, 
the earthquake, the Neverland Tea, the Fun Wheel, and the Zombie. Now I'm gonna have I'm gonna put something up uh, later this week, and I'm gonna show you how well, what they do to make these drinks. What are the ingredients for each one? But they're like own unique twists on Long Island's. They're not on the menu. You have to ask for them. They're very colorful. They're very strong too. So I mean, I'm a big guy, and these drinks can uh, they can uh, kind of hit me a little bit. So uh, you know, <laughs> be prepared when having. See, those you're drinks. getting your money's worth there. Yeah. And then also they just did this at the Cove Bar a couple weeks ago is um, they have a new check-in system. The line was so long to get in the Cove Bar. People were waiting and two hours in line to get in this place. Yeah. So now they implemented a new checking system where you come in and you check in, you give them your cell phone number. They will text you back when your table is ready, wherever you are in the park. So if you're over at, or they'll give you a heads up, like your table will be ready in about 10, 15 minutes. So if you're over in Hollywood land, you check in and then you decide, let's go to Hollywood land, try Tower of Terror, all that. You get a text saying, oh, your table will be ready in about 20 minutes. You can go over and start walking over to the cove bar so that way you can get uh your little dining experience in it's not a full-on restaurant it uh they do have a small bites menu which their number one item is the lobster nacho so if you're there that's definitely one of the things you're going to have to try um another big thing that they have on there are the uh the tri-tip sliders it's a trio of tri-tip sliders uh with uh one of them has barbecue with crispy onions and slaw another one has arugula cheese and blue cheese and uh they're all uh, couple of different ones too and they're all on toasted brioche buns so like i said ask for the secret menu and check in um through your phone instead of waiting two hours in line you can go and enjoy the park that's really cool i like that idea they need to do that with a lot more places i know wouldn't that be nice yeah well that is our meal for you today and uh before we let you go i want to remind you a couple things one of them is don't forget to enter our easy contest to win the disneyland recipe cards that bubba's got for us that we mentioned a few weeks ago uh all you have to do i mean look at that that is awesome and all you have to do is submit to us and tag us with your photos on instagram or twitter Sounds Use good. hashtag ADP for Dining at this podcast. And uh, you're entered for a chance to win. Each one of your photos of either the Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival or the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival, all those pictures. All you got to yes. post that like you're going to on Instagram because you want to share and then just tag us. Use the hashtag and you're entered to win those, those awesome recipe cards. Yes. And if that's not enough, you can also help us out by picking up the Epcot Dining Guide. And we're doing something very special that is for our listeners. And you can save $3 and get the book for $6.99 using promo code DADP. Just for our podcast listeners. And we have this code available for you to get the book uh, through the end of May at that special price. So you'll see this in the, the show notes on like on the YouTube channel and on Weeby Geeks Network because we are a member of Weeby Geeks Network. So yeah, you'll want to make sure to do that. Yeah, it's full. I mean, this book is it's got a lot of stuff. 136 pages, full color book, and you've got over a hundred food and restaurant photos, in depth information on all of the quick service and table service restaurant, including beverage carts with menus. If you have special dietary needs or you're looking to eat healthy, you'll find 
find that in the book as well. Uh, we've got information on just on how to plan your dining, how you go about booking your reservations, what is what the Disney dining plans entail, because there are technically five of them, including dining strategies, recommendations, expert tips. We've got hyperlinks throughout the book to make it easy for you to connect to the information you want on the web. So all that's in the book, which is normally $9.99. But since you listen to the podcast, you can save $3 and get it for $6.99. Woohoo! So. <laughs> And we also are on Patreon. So that's how that's how where you're going to be able to get you the best sound quality we can. Make sure, you know, like we Bubba just got a new headset. He just got a new mic. And that's how we're going to be able to bring a better podcast and website to you is through that Patreon account. So if you want to help us out, you can do that there. And uh, Bubba, tell everyone where they can find you on the, on the interwebs. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram and Periscope. All three have the same name. Big underscore Bubba underscore B. I did Periscope some of the demo from Natalie uh, Willingham about the triple mac and cheese. Uh, posted a, about a good 20 minutes of live Periscoping for uh, through her demo. And But I did post also a lot of pictures from the Food and Wine Festival which you can all find on hashtag D-A-D-P Dining at Disney Podcast. So follow me there. Give me a like. Let me know what you think of everything and let me know some of the stuff you like to share it with us. Well, you can find the Dining at Disney crew at diningatdisney.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Periscope. On YouTube, you'll have to look for the Dining at Disney. Um, as we mentioned, we are part of the We Be Geeks Network, and you can download and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And Bubba and I would love it if you would give us a rating and review, and we'd love you even more if it was a five-star. Five star. <laughs> so thanks so much for listening, and until next time, bon appetit. This podcast is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its holdings and is intended for entertainment purposes.